Hello, working people of Southwest Washington. And by working people, I mean anyone that lives, works, or even plays here. You're listening to episode three of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council and sponsored by Minuteman Press Vancouver North. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. We're also a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Find out more about the network at laborradionetwork.org. And I'm Shannon Myers. And I'm Harold Phillips. And before we get started, we wanted to remind you that the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council, its affiliate unions, our guests' unions, their employers, their dogs, birds, cats, chickens, nobody but themselves. Hey, Shannon, have you noticed the political advertising has picked up a lot since Labor Day? Oh, if you're in Vancouver, only you know that there are so many signs. And it seems like that Tuesday after Labor Day is the day that it's all in high impact. Well, there's one particular race that isn't getting a lot of attention, but it really should. That's the race for Clark County Charter Review Commission. Now, I know that sounds boring, right? Well, it's really important. In fact, it might be more important to folks living in Clark County, Washington, than the races for state and national office. To tell us about the Charter Review Commission, we've got Michael Martin, who's running for District 1, Position 1. He's also the former legislative director of Fair Vote Washington. Hi, Michael. Hi, good to be with you. My wife and I live in Esther Short neighborhood, uh, downtown Vancouver, with our 15-month-old son. We've also got Terry Niles, who is a critical care nurse, and she's also the vice president of Oregon Nursing Association Local 52. Thanks for joining us, Terry. Thanks for having me. I live in Vancouver with my husband, Jim, and my hound dog, Watson. I'm happy to be here today and talk about the charter. And we are happy to have you. And finally, we've got Eric LeBrant who is running for County Charter Review Commission District 1, Position 3. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Well, good afternoon. I live over in Vancouver's biggest and best uh, neighborhood, Fruit Valley, right near Vancouver Lake. And I'm also on the Board of Commissioners at the Port of Vancouver. Let me ask you, I'm actually fairly new to Clark County. I've only been up here a couple of years. What exactly is the Clark County Charter? The state of Washington, when a county is first formed, has sort of a stock set of rules that a county operates by. A few years ago, Clark County had definitely outgrown that. And so the citizens came together and elected a board of 15 freeholders. And those 15 freeholders developed a draft home rule charter. That acts like a constitution for Clark County government. So it doesn't necessarily address policy but it addresses more how we make policy, how the county council conducts its business. Prior to that, we had the county commission, and that was three commissioners. Now we have a board of county councilors. And I was stipulated in that first initial charter that it would come up for review in five years. And so here we are. It's an election for 15 more people to take a look at that same document and see where we want to update it. The recommendations that the commission comes up with then have to go before the voters in the subsequent election. I also think it's worth noting every voter in Clark County will have the opportunity to vote for six of these positions. Three of those are the county at-large positions, and then, of course, us three. 
Talk just a little bit more about that, because I mentioned you're running for districts and positions. How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So how, how it works is that there are 15 total commissioner seats up for election, and three of those are elected at large. And then there are three positions elected for each of the four county council districts. And that's why voters will have that opportunity to vote for those three at large and then three districted positions. And when we say at large, what does that mean? At large simply refers to the entire county. I just wanted to add about how great this opportunity is and how it was written into the first charter to review it at this time, because we will not get another opportunity to change the structure and improve on it or look at things that worked and did not work for another 10 years after this commission meets and makes recommendations. So this commission is really important because that's a long time and we want to get ourselves headed into the right directions. Try to keep in mind that Vancouver in Clark County is growing really quickly and we need to have a charter that accommodates for that growth. So Michael, what kind of things does the Clark County Charter control? What sort of operations are under its purview? You know, people should think of the charter and the county as the administrative arm of the state. All the administrative functions are handed down to the county to deal with on the day-to-day basis. The county has a lot of responsibility for human services that are designated by the state, like police protection, road maintenance, and our board of health. That's how important that is and how important it is to have a structure in place to be able to handle things like a pandemic and fires and these kind of things. When you're saying that the county is responsible for the health and regulations being passed down from the state, is that why with the COVID-19 crisis that the county is the one that's actually asking for us to move to the different stages? Is that correct? Is that part of their responsibility as well? I believe that is part of the responsibility, uh, Shannon. And that is another thing that I think that maybe has to be looked at in our charter review. We have county counselors that are not medical professionals that are actually our board of health. That's really important for me to kind of look at that and see if that is really the best way that we should proceed. This commission is going to have a lot of work ahead of it and a lot of things to look at and how we can improve things for everybody that lives here in Clark County. Terry just pointed out that the commission is going to have a lot of work. What is the work that the commission is going to do on the charter? What's the process? I think that's one of the things that we're going to have to talk about and determine is how we want to structure that. One of the things that I'd like to look at literally at the very beginning is how we can kind of crowdsource the process and actively seek input from a number of different stakeholder groups, from communities of color, from labor organizations, potentially from business interests, from other local governments, and just kind of get everyone to the table and make sure that we're asking as many questions as we can, really, because we can then go and boil it back down. Which gets to kind of an earlier point that you had made, Harold, about this race being very important for Clark County residents, because like Eric alluded to, the folks who get elected to this, while we're going to be looking for community-focused solutions, are really going to shape those conversations. And so this is a very important, in fact, I've been telling my friends, start at the bottom of your ballot and then work your way back up for these charter review races. Not just for charter review races, you always look up and down the ballot. And if you don't know who to vote for, you can always go to our website, swwaclc.org, to see who 
we have recommended. You know, I think that's what has drawn me to running for this position. It came out of conversations with various friends and local elected leaders and just the experience that, that I feel like I will contribute if I get elected and could be valuable to that commission is, you know, I was a legislative director up in Olympia and worked with over 30 organizations across the state to eliminate prison-based gerrymandering. And let me tell you, it's challenging working with 147 legislators and needing the governor's signature for bills. And I think I work well with others, even through disagreement. And I think those skills will be important when seeking that the input from the community and the other commissioners on presenting amendments to the charter. Unfortunately, we are coming to the end of our time. It goes too fast every time. Are there any final thoughts that you want to leave the audience with? I want to thank you for having me on here. I believe because of my extensive work with my union and my labor negotiations, I have the experience and the skills to work on this consensus committee, even though we are going to be like a labor negotiation and we're going to come out ahead. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to work with folks with some great expertise. There's some some really good experience. I think Terry has mentioned some really solid experience that could be really valuable in this discussion. You know, however these different races end up shaking out, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to talk through some of these issues. I just want to echo what Terry and Eric said is that, you know, this is about community-focused solutions, working together. We all care deeply about our community and want it to serve people. And of course, I have a final thought. And my final thought is vote down the ballot. The charter review is so important for all of us here in Clark County. So please educate yourself and vote. Yeah, I'll echo that if we got 10 seconds. You know, sometimes those, <laughs> sometimes those local races really can have a bigger, more immediate impact on daily life even than the congressional ones. Those are important. Our, our national elections are certainly important, um, and they're the ones that get all the money and the attention. But in terms of things that influence what daily life looks like in Clark County or in Vancouver, those local races, um, you see the effects right away. Absolutely. County government is the level of government that most directly impacts all of us. It exists just to establish a vision and a path forward for your daily lives, for daily lives for people that live here. I want to thank Eric LeBrant, running for District 1, Position 3, Terry Niles, running for District 3, Position 2, and Michael Martin, running for District 1, Position 1, on the Clark County Charter Review Commission. Now stick around, working people in Southwest Washington. We are going to have a conversation with a local business that takes care of people just like these, as well as the working people who work in the shop. And they might be able to give you some copies, too. Hi, folks. This is Patrick Dixon from Labour History Today, brought to you by the DC Metro Labour Council and the Kalmanovitz Initiative for Labour and the Working Poor. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about an exciting new resource. Labour History Today is now a member of the Labour Radio Network, a coalition of around 50 Labour radio shows and podcasts from across the United States and Canada. All you need to do is go to labourradionetwork.org and you can listen to local programming from coast to coast, from Oregon to Texas to Missouri to Ontario to Michigan to Vermont to New Jersey, you can find an abundance of exciting original recordings. Whether you're looking for discussions of union news here, at home, or in the world, 
you'd like to hear workers podcasting about their experiences on the job, you're interested in labour history, or you'd like to learn more about new books on workers and workers' movements, it's all there. So that's labourradionetwork.org. You can follow us on Instagram at labourradionet and look out for the hashtag labourradiopod on Twitter. You've got no excuse for ever being bored again. Welcome back, working people. You know, the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council is all about making sure working people get treated fairly in their workplace. We want to encourage our local businesses here in the lower left corner of the Evergreen State to work with our area unions to be sure their employees have a voice on the job. And we want to celebrate those that do and remind you to support these businesses that are supporting their workers. That's why we've got Jennifer Collin from Minuteman Press, Vancouver North. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, everyone. Hey, Jennifer. How you doing? Good. So, Jennifer, your Minuteman Press is actually a union business, right? Correct. We are. And which union do you work with? Uh, We work with CWA Local 7812. And what's that been like as a business owner to work with the union? Um, It's really great. Everyone is really nice and every concern is met. And if we have any issues, everything's handled in a nice, professional, friendly manner. And it's, it's just really great. And Jennifer, you don't just print on paper, right? Your shop can actually create a lot of different things. We can. We can print apparel, banners, posters, you name it, and I can print on it. You're probably printing a lot of signs right now because, as we were talking about earlier in the show, we're going into political season. We have been printing a lot of campaign signs, the yard signs, the big four by eights. We also have been doing a lot of postcards and mailers for different campaigns in the area. Those are always really fun, and the candidates are always really awesome to work with. So even though you have a big sign that says Minuteman Press, which is a national chain, you're actually a local business, right? All the Minutemans are owned independently. So we own the one in the Hazeldale area. I mean, I live in Vancouver as well in the Hazeldale area. So it's ran by me and my dad and my brother. And Are you JD's daughter? I'm his sister. So it's a family business. So here's the thing, listeners. We've got two things that are very powerful in our lives. Number one, our vote. And we always encourage you to vote. Number two is where we spend our money. That's powerful. So if we can make a difference in a small business and a family that owns that business, we should go and spend our money there. We have the power to support our local businesses, and now it's more important than ever to do so. And speaking of supporting local businesses, aren't you involved in some sort of an initiative, Bounce Back USA? What is that? Yeah, so Minuteman Press, in the beginning of the COVID pandemic, came up with the idea to try and get all of our small communities that the Minutemans are in to join together and get us all back to work in the way that they could. So it's online. You go to the website, Bounce Back USA. You put in your zip code and find the area that you're in, and then you can sign up. You get a free COVID poster and any other information you want is on there. And then it lists all the local businesses and what deals they might be offering during this time to help bring in business. So what is the website again? It's bouncebackusa.com. 
That's the national website. And then all the individual Minutemans have our own. I believe we're bounceback.com, Vancouver, WA. And not only that, but your Facebook address is also Minuteman Vancouver WA, right? Correct. We are on Instagram as well, Minuteman Press Vancouver North. Ah, Vancouver North. You changed it up there, didn't you? I know. (laughs) So, Jennifer, before we started the interview, you mentioned that you have a special deal for listeners to our podcast, right? Yes. So listeners for the podcast, if you do a $100 order, you'll get $25 off. And that's not just printing on paper, like we were saying before. You guys do apparel, you do printing on umbrellas, you create awards in some cases, right? Correct. Yes. On any order, $100 or more. If they mention working to live in Southwest Washington. Yeah. And Jennifer, where are you located? We are off exit four on I-5, Highway 99, 7415, Northeast Highway 99, Suite 103. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jennifer. What's that website again? Vancouver-north.minutemanpress.com. And how about the Facebook page? Facebook page is Minuteman Press Vancouver WA. I'm going to use the Facebook page because I like Facebook. Facebook's good. We like (laughs) Facebook. (laughs) Listen up. If you need some printing, you got a discount at Vancouver North Minuteman. Hey folks, it's Bama Athreya, your host on The Geek Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And this show is now part of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. You can discover more than just us by visiting their website at laborradionetwork.org. The Labor Radio Network will help you find your favorite union podcast or radio show, besides this one, of course. What is the Labor Radio Podcast Network? It's a simple network of folks from around the United States. Working people keep raising their voices more and more each day and demanding better treatment from their workplaces and from their elected officials. These voices don't get heard very much on the corporate-controlled media. But the 21st century labor movement has a new way to get its message out there besides traditional media gatekeepers. Uh, Yeah, it's ironic, but we are talking about corporate-controlled social media. But we are trusting you as the gatekeepers. So plug in and get the real news. For a one-stop shop, just visit laborradionetwork.org. On the main page, you'll see a grid of show logos, and you can just click on any one of them and the description and links pop up right there. It's worth going to visit this ever-growing set of voices for labor. Thanks for sticking with us, working people. We have three more candidates for the Clark County Charter Review Commission to talk a little bit more about the charter review process and what it means to your lives here in Clark County. First off, we have Kelsey Potter, who's running for District 2, Position 2. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Harold. Thanks for having me. So I am a resident of the Philida Lakeshore neighborhood. I'm a substitute teacher for Vancouver Public Schools. I'm married to a union firefighter who just came home from the Riverside Fire in Clackamas County after being gone for a week. So our house is much happier than it has been for the past seven days. We also have Maureen Winningham with us, who's running for District 3, Position 1. Maureen has quite a history here in Clark County. I'm a director for a consulting company specializing in home care for the vulnerable. I've lived in Clark County for about 15 years. 
seven years in Battleground, and now we are living in East Vancouver, and I live with my husband, John, and my 15-year-old daughter, Kira. We have lived rural, we've lived suburban, and we want East Vancouver to get represented. It seems like everyone always talks about downtown Vancouver and North County, but we want East Vancouver to get represented too. And finally, we have Eric Holt, who's running at large for position number two. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to join you for this conversation today. I've lived in Clark County for over a decade, raised my children here. We've lived rurally. We recently relocated to Camas because we want to spend a lot more time as a family on uh, adventures and enjoying each other before the kids get too old to want to be around their parents. <laughs> So, Eric, um, I have a specific question for you since you are running for an at-large position. And we had heard in our previous segment that each person in Clark County gets to vote for all of the at-large positions, or is it just one? I'm a little confused. So if I'm confused, I'm sure there's others confused because I like politics. I'm into this stuff. So can you explain that a little bit to me? Absolutely. Absolutely. There are going to be 15 people that serve on the commission. Three of those are going to be elected from the at-large position, which is countywide. Everybody in the county gets to pick their top three people, position one, position two, and position three, that are going to represent them for the county. And then each individual district, of which we have four, which align with the county council districts. So if you live in Canis or Washougal or Gackle, you're going to be looking at the at-large one, two, or three positions you'll be able to pick from each of those, and you'll be choosing positions one, two, three, four, district four. And if you live in Vancouver, it's district one that you're going to choose position one, two, and three, and at-large one, two, and three. So much like the county council races that we had where you have the county chair, which is a countywide all-district race where everybody in the county votes for the chair, but they also get to then vote for their district representative. It's the same thing, only it's times three because we have three people from each district and each position. So, Kelsey, what do you think needs to be improved through this process? So, we went from a three-person commission to a five-person county council system, and I believe that's increased representation throughout the county. There are some things that need to be tweaked with that, though. For example, right now, positions three and four run on the off election cycle of the chair. So that means it's essentially a no risk run. If you're running for chair and you're an existing counselor, an incumbent in three and four, you don't have to give up your council position to run for chair. However, if you're a counselor in district one and two and would like to run for chair, you're on the same election cycle. So if you lose, you're off the council. If I'm elected to the Charter Commission, I think everyone needs to have a risk run because what we're doing right now is funneling counselors only from districts three and four into the chair position. And I think that's something that needs to be fixed. Yeah, I didn't know that about the lack of risk for those positions. So that's the perfect example of what this review process is going to bring up, looking at ways the county works that may not be as tight or as fair as we would like it. Maureen, are there particular things in the charter that you're looking at improving? It should be a nonpartisan position. County councilors should not be an R or a D. 
They are there for the citizens, not for political agendas. So it should be nonpartisan. I want to keep a minimum of five county councilors, and I'd like to evaluate whether we need more, maybe go to a seven councilors. There should be clear boundaries between the councilors and the county staff. I don't want county councilors micromanaging the people at the county health. We need to evaluate uh, the elected versus appointed county manager. The county council has had at least three or four county managers in five years. Anybody in business knows that kind of stability is a morale breaker, and we need to take a solid look at why they cannot seem to keep a manager. We've had a lot of complaints lately against several of our county counselors and their ethics complaints. And one of the things I'd like to know is, what are the consequences if they're found guilty? And at this point in the charter, there aren't any. And as any parent out there will tell you, without consequences, rules mean nothing. Well, I agree a lot with what Kelsey and Maureen said. We need a lot more accountability. We need more ethics reviews. I, I agree that we should have a nonpartisan representation on county-level politics. I mean, when you're talking about fixing potholes and permitting processes, you don't need a party affiliation to get that stuff done. You just need to get to work on it. But another thing I'd like to see is the chair position, if we were to rotate it, would be pretty fantastic. I like that idea. That way you would open it up for more of the counselors to, rather than drop their position to run for it, you'd have five distinct districts with a rotating chair position. But I think the chair position right now gets a stipend of about 20% more, and they're all part-time paid level elected officials. But to have an effective chair, you've got to be on all the time. You've got to be all of the meetings. You're the defunct chair of a majority or a co-chair of a majority of the different committees that are part of the county. You've got to be the representative for the county. You've got to be on when dignitaries and everybody comes into it. It's got to be a full-time position where we treat the person who's doing that with the respect and the admiration that they need to have for pouring 60 to 90 hour weeks into the job. I'd like to see that change also. We're going through extraordinary times right now, but this is a time for us to retool so that we can deal with extraordinary times in the future. So what lessons have you learned from 2020, as interesting as it's been, that are going to help guide you in the recommendations you're going to make to changes to the charter? Interesting. That's a good word to explain 2020, Harold. That's not the word I would use, but I'll leave that there. <laughs> There's so much coming at us right now. It's, it's hard to really break it all down, but I think it's something that good group of people in commission are going to be able to spend the time to drill down into and find some real solutions to improve our current situation. I can definitely tell you, even as a director of learning and development, I have been on a crazy learning curve. Uh, the last six months, I have learned at least five new pieces of software for my job. I've had to take my entire department virtual. I had a management program that I was supposed to tour the country and develop and deliver, and now we're doing it virtually. We have to roll with the punches, and you have to meet your audience where they're at. So for me, it's all about change management being flexible with yourself, and being resilient. Embrace the change. You can't fight it. And know that you're going to be more resilient. We're all going to come out of this better at the end. First of all, I'm a huge homer for parks. And I'll just say that outright as the co-chair of the county's Parks Advisory Board. But one thing I think we've seen in this pandemic is how important parks and public health are. When everything else was closed, one place people could go to and be safe and social distance were our parks. And parks are 
constantly underfunded in Clark County. And there's not a lot the charter can do about that. But I'd like to see the county value parks more going forward, because I think we've learned how important they are to community health this year. And the charter is really weak on language about systemic racism and diversity in general, besides the bland HR policy that almost every business or company has in its document. In 2020 and all that we're going through right now, we need to, as a commission, look into adding more language about systemic racism and inclusiveness in Clark County and how we could reach those goals and what the charter can do to magnify that. Well, honestly, I think that is a great sentiment to go out on. But I just want to ask, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave the audience with? I really think we do need to look at the partisanship issue. You know, Maureen and Eric have touched on it. It, You're going to lose votes on ballots if people can't do the easy DRDR down the line checks. But what I think you're going to gain is more people doing research and picking the better candidates to go on the county council. And so if everything's nonpartisan, I think we actually get better qualified people for the job. And I also think it's ridiculous that our executive branch Does anyone really care that their auditor is a Republican or that their treasurer is a Democrat? They don't make policy. They're just administrators. So I think we need to really look into those issues. And I think what we need to remember also is I think the charter, when it was originally passed, I think only in Eric and Maureen, you might know the percentage better than I do, but I think it only passed 56%. I mean, that's okay, but it was not a slam dunk. I'm of the camp that we cannot roll back. We have to keep the charter and then improve upon it. Again, though, none of this is a slam dunk. And I just want people to really advocate for that. And hopefully the right people get elected to advocate for that. I think that there are a lot of folks in this county who would like to go from five counselors representing the county back to three. I would like to see them nonpartisan. So I'm not one of those people. The more folks that have a seat at the table in discussions about our county, the better we're all going to be represented. The people here are hurting. We need to have improvements on housing. We need to have improvements on jobs and income. And it's not going to happen unless we really strengthen that charter so that the leadership is accountable and so that we put people in place who will make decisions for the people of Clark County. Now, that's definitely a sentiment to go out on. So I want to thank all three of you for joining us. Kelsey Potter, running for District 2, Position 2. Eric Holt, running at large, Position 2. And Maureen Winningham, running District 3, Position 1, for the Clark County Charter Review Commission. And thank you for joining us, Working People, for another episode of Working to Live in Southwest Washington. Produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council and sponsored by Minuteman Press Vancouver North. Find out more about them on Facebook at Minuteman Press Vancouver WA. The Vancouver WA is just one word. <laughs> and remember, this podcast was recorded under a SAG AFTRA collective bargaining agreement. Absolutely. And hey, this is your show working people in Southwest Washington and around the world. We want to know what you want to hear on it. Email us at podcast at swwaclc.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at swwaclc. So don't forget, take a listen, follow us, and share to all your friends and family.
And remember to look at your local races. If we've learned anything in this week's show, it's that these are the people who actually affect your daily lives more than the people on the statewide or even the national level. So when those ballots come into your mailbox, open them up and read your voters pamphlet. Get to know the people who are actually on the ground level with you. And don't forget to vote all the way down the ballot. All the way down. I like the way you did that. It was nice and base. All the way down the ballot. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.